0: Hey guys, it's Jamie Scrimger here, and you're listening to my podcast. I'm a wife, a mom of one, a stepmom of three, a coach, an entrepreneur, and a conversation opener, Bent determined to live a kick life. You are looking for raw and real conversations and are striving to live your very best life? You are listening to The Right Podcast. Life can be hard, really, really hard. But I believe that it's possible to thrive amongst the tough stuff. In fact, I'm grateful for all life's challenges. I really, really am because I really believe that overcoming the tough stuff makes life that much better. Each week, I am going to bring you tips and strategies and mindset shifts that will inspire you to live your own version of Kick-Ass life, while bringing you along as I create my own. Let's dive in. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the podcast. So if you've been following along for a while, you know that I'm all about reevaluating life. I am all about asking myself, am I showing up as the person I want to be? How do I feel right now? Is this working? What can I do better? What do I need to do clutter? Where do I need to pivot? And in today's episode, we're going to talk about just that. Today's guest is one of my favorites from Instagram, Lauren McPhillips of This Renegade Love. She is the queen of pivoting. She's all about following her gut, doing what feels right, and not living life according to other people's rules, which, as you know, resonates with me in a big way. So in this episode, we talk about pivoting and the importance of knowing when to pivot, how to do it, what you need to consider, and why you shouldn't be afraid to make change if something does not feel right. We also dive into the pressure that comes with being a blogger, an online coach, a digital entrepreneur, all things highlight reels of Instagram, and, well all of the BS that happens behind the scenes. But this episode, it's not just for the bloggers and online coaches and the digital entrepreneurs. There is something in this episode for everyone because, you know, I think at some point in everyone's life, they have to consider whether it's time to make a pivot. So have a listen be sure to let us know what you think. You can come find us on Instagram at Jamie Scrimger and at this renegade love. Share this episode with someone who needs to hear it. And yeah, let's dive in. Lauren, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me on. I know. I'm so excited. I'm so happy that you're here. So thank you so much for taking the time. So uh, lots of life shifts happening for you. You were on the podcast a little while ago, uh, so everyone is familiar with you. But for anyone who may have missed it, can you give us a little intro, who you are, what you've got going on? Sure. Yeah, I feel like I should have listened to that
1: one um, before we even did this episode because I can't even remember what I said on that one. And I'm sure it is. My life is completely different um, since that point. But my name's Lauren McPhillips, and I have a blog called This Renegade Love. Um, I've been doing that since 2015 have been doing it full time. And yeah, I guess I, I kind of started my blog uh, back then. I had quit my job in travel PR. Um, I was living in the UK and I kind of just turned 30 and had a bit of a, what am I doing with my life? Um, you know, I miss the creative side of things and this is not what I want to be doing. So I, I shifted, I pivoted at that point and I quit my job and I decided to start a blog, which sounds crazy. Um, It's kind of a backwards way to do things. But um, I had worked in editorial before that at Style at Home magazine. So I I knew sort of like the creative side of things and the, the writing and the photography. And then having worked in PR and program partnerships, I also knew like the business side of things if I ever wanted to monetize. So I had both of those things under my belt. And I just kind of went for it with this renegade love. And picked up pretty quickly and I've had it as my full-time, full-time gig since. Um, I've done also uh, workshops for women called the, the Renegade Sessions, so for women in business uh, in Toronto. And I did that a few rounds of that. And just as I was about to launch um, the most recent one, COVID hit. So um, we couldn't we couldn't really uh, get that off the ground. But it's something I still want to keep doing in the future. Um, And then most recently, I've had another pivot where I now have actually turned this renegade love into a side hustle. And I'm working full time for somebody again. So lots of pivots, kind of doing things a little bit backwards from how some content creators do it, but definitely in a good place.
0: Yeah. But I think that's amazing because I love the word pivot, right? Cause if you're, mm-hmm. you know, you have to pay attention to how you're feeling and what you want for your life in that moment. And what you want at 30 may not be what you want, you know, a few years later, or, you know, you, you can do that. And I think sometimes we don't give ourselves the permission to listen mm-hmm. to how we're feeling and make a change when we feel like we need to make a change.
1: Yeah, I'm a big fan of the pivot. <laughs> um, I've kind of uh, done it my my whole life. I think um, I was in a pretty significant relationship from 18 to 27, and when um, I kind of decided to end that one, that was really the first big pivot in my life into understanding who I was outside of someone else Um, and understanding that like life isn't so scary when you make those changes and they can lead to some really exciting opportunities. And so, yeah, from there, I've kind of just looked for, kept myself open to different opportunities, follow like how I feel instead of what other people expect from me and just kind of lean into new things.
0: Mm-hmm. And you know what that's a it's interesting you say that instead of listening to what other people expect me or, or think I should do, how mm-hmm. do you how do you do that? Because I know there's a lot of people who are like, yeah, but how, you know mm-hmm. how do you how do you not care what other people think or how do you not, live your life according to the expectations of, you know, the rules that people set for us. Like, how do you get to that place? And I, I know I'm, I'm the type of person who typically I'm just like, yeah, fuck that. I'm going to do what I want. And yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you are too, but what's your advice for people who are, who are kind of stuck there?
1: Yeah, I think it's that it's, I mean, really what it comes down to, it's, you have to believe like in your gut and, and it takes time. Like it's once you do it once and once you kind of like make a leap into sort of scary or uncharted or unknown territory that doesn't, isn't comfortable once you do it and you realize like, oh, okay, this is, this is fine. Um, and like I've survived and also things aren't forever, once you do that once, you just kind of get used to it and you get used to following your gut. But I, I don't know. I've never been someone who has really cared so much about what other people think about me. I think also when I turned 30, I just like really stopped giving a shit altogether. But yeah, I just, I, it, it's a hard one to, to give, I guess, advice on. You just have to, like your life is short. Why, why do things that are dictated by somebody else? It's especially if it's not making you happy. And I think that when it comes to pivoting as well, even if you're not in the position to like move forward. So like, for example, like a lot of people who maybe they really want to, you know, follow their passion and then start their own business and they're really unhappy being in the position they are. Maybe they, they work for someone else. They're working a nine to five and they're not happy with that. Um, I think that even if you're not in the position to like financially to move forward, at least do something. So create mm-hmm. a plan, like at least, but any sort of step forward or even a step backwards is better than staying unhappy with what you're doing. Um, so I think I've kind of also pivoted from your original question, but in terms of not caring what people think it's, it's your life. And if you're going to do something just to make somebody else happy, but it makes you unhappy, like that just doesn't make sense to me. So
0: that's not fair to anyone really. Cause then they don't get the best yeah. version of you. Yeah. Now, what made you want to take this transition then? Like, let's talk about this pivot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I had kind
1: of like, this was before, before COVID. So it was at the beginning of this year, I was just not, again, I was just things like, I just wasn't happy with what I was doing. It wasn't fulfilling me anymore in the same way that it did. And um, I knew that, you know, doing you know having my blog and and having this renegade love it's it, like being a blogger is not a, a lifetime gig for i'd say the majority of people but it really the business side of it and how i was making money and working for brands it wasn't fulfilling to me anymore it wasn't fulfilling to me creatively and my husband and I had moved to Prince Edward County the year before, and that has had a significant shift in my perspective about life and what I want from life and what makes me happy. And the kind of hustle and the, the kind of lifestyle that I was living, it just wasn't appealing to me anymore. Um, and so I really, since moving to the country, have really focused on like quality of life. And, and, and really, I was kind of looking at, I, I don't want to be on all the time it was just like everything was making me so tense that i was just mm-hmm. like i don't want to do this anymore and and i i you know i don't want irregular paychecks i i want to have a lifestyle where my job isn't my entire life and where it actually allows me to live the life that i want where it like financially keeps me stable i'm not thinking about you know the hustle and hustle and like always you know pushing a business forward and i just kind of wanted to make this renegade love fun again i'm like at the core of me, I'm a creative person. And I think that once you make something your business, you lose that like real deep creative spark within you um, because everything then becomes driven by having to pay the bills. So I just kind of wanted to like shift back to that. And the opportunity that came up was perfect. So it just kind of worked out.
0: I love that. And I love that you are openly talking about that because I think that there's a lot of misconception about what it is like to run your own digital business or be a blogger. I don't even like know what I am. Um, you know, you're, you're on social media, you're showing, you're showing up, you are never off. Like you're constantly, mm-hmm. constantly thinking and you're so right you know, it starts as this hobby and you're like, I just love it so much. And it's, you know, you have such a passion and such a drive and then all the responsibilities come in and then, yeah, you have the brands who won't pay you. And I think people don't even see that. They don't realize that like brands sometimes can take months and months to pay you for Mm -hmm. like that, that never, never happens in any other industry. And it becomes all of a sudden so stressful. And you're like, well, this is not, this is not what I thought it was going to be. 100%
1: and I actually just like kind of shared that um, on my Instagram stories how you know this year and it has nothing to do with COVID but this year over 80% of my uh, clients are overdue with payments and so it's it puts you in an uncomfortable situation as well where you're like hey can you pay me like can you uh, like give me give me money and so having to constantly follow up with them and they just a lot of them just don't give a shit. And it's like the big agencies and it's just, it, it's frustrating. It's, um, you know, it's disrespectful. And after a while, when it happens again and again and again, it's just, it, it's just not worth it. And it, it you know, puts a bad taste in my mouth. Um, and I just, I just didn't want to do that anymore. And, and so, yeah, there's definitely a lot with, you know, having the online business. You know, people think it's like, oh, you get to work from home and everything's so pretty. And um, and it, it just must be easy, especially if you have like a significant following, but it's a hustle and it's a grind. And it's also, you know, your life is very public. So um, you kind of have to deal with that as well. But yeah, it just wasn't, it wasn't, I just I wanted to shift and pivot the way that I was doing this renegade love. I'll always, you know, kind of want to have that because I do love it and I do love having that that space in the community. But just the way that I was, I was doing it, I really um, just wanted to pivot that.
0: Yeah, no. And I think that it's so important to just listen. What you want at one point in your life is maybe not what you want later on. Now Mm -hmm. let's talk about running these online platforms and this on online businesses, you know, sharing your life online. What do you think that it does to people's mental health? Like, cause I know for me, there's, there's times when I think maybe my anxiety is impacted even more is affecting me even more because of, you know, being online and just kind of the pressure to show up and the, you know, pressure to please and, and all, and all the things like, do you think, have you seen a change in your mental health and a change in the way you cope and the way you feel like any, any thoughts on that? Mm-hmm.
1: yeah i mean i've like i said i've been doing this for five years so i've gone through like all different <laughs> elements of it um and a lot of it for me has been understanding how it impacts and being able to recognize when it's having a, a negative impact on my mental health and so like a few years ago i started taking regular instagram breaks when i kind of felt that i was my anxiety was ramping up um, and i was comparing myself or anything like that and so those breaks and like they've been for months at a time and um Um, I just schedule them and and make sure I don't have like all my work is wrapped up before that. And I just use it to like disconnect and to, again, tap into like my creativity so that it's not being impacted by anyone else or what I see anyone else doing. But I really do. I think anything, especially if you have it as a job, whether you're, you know, a coach and you're selling services or whether you're a blogger and you uh, have brand partnerships, I think any time when the value of your work and what you share is determined by likes and um, by someone else's approval of what you're doing, I think it will always impact your mental health. Anything mm-hmm. that you, that you kind of rely on, like that validation from other people will always like, if you, you know, put up a branded post and it tanks, then you feel like crap because, you know, the client was expecting something different or you're wondering, you know, do people not like what I do anymore? There's just so many elements to it and you're constantly second guessing yourself. Um, So I think it's really, really important to take those breaks to understand the space and the impact that it can have and to really understand how like how it impacts how you feel and how you create as well
0: hmm Because, you know, you're looking at people post and they're like, oh, I just had this seven figure launch. Or now, like the numbers just mm-hmm. keep getting higher. It's like a seven figure launch, an eight figure launch, or, you know, this is my six figure business and, and all of that. And like, people are just throwing around these numbers and this, you know, the highlight reel. And it's, mm. some of it's b- total bullshit too. Yeah. Like you see people <laughs> who are saying. like, you know, I, I just saw a post of someone saying they have an international best-selling book. Well, they just self-published it themselves. It hasn't been released. And I think it's on Amazon. Like, mm-hmm. please tell me how that's an international best-selling book, right? Like, there's no, you're, you're seeing all these things that maybe aren't even true. You know, people are not even portraying the truth about their success. And then you're sitting there being like, oh, well, my last Instagram post just shit the bed. <laughs> like, now exactly. I feel bad about it myself. I absolutely agree with you. And I think, you know, anyone
1: it's, it's the internet. So anyone can really say whatever they want. And I think there's tons, especially like in the coaching world. And I think really throughout COVID and, um, back in June when the Black Lives Matter movement had, had really picked up and was, you know, the topic of everyone's conversation, there were a lot of, of coaches as well, who like, um, white women who were kind of cast into the, into the spotlight and people, you know, saying like, Hey, like you're, you're, you are you're actually like preying on people, um, Mm -hmm. and, and what you're saying. And so, and also shining light on like the things that they, that they were saying about themselves and all these big launches and actually finding out that these numbers were false because, you know, no one, no one sees their numbers in the background. So really anyone can say what they want. And, and I think that's something that everyone has kind of, again, is shining light on in terms of on Instagram is that, what you see on Instagram isn't always real life. And, you know, you, you also don't know how much money that person put into Facebook ads or what, you know, uh, how many people they have working for them. So sometimes those numbers I think can be amplified and uh, yeah, they're, they're definitely not, they're not always, um, the real case, but
0: yeah, it's like you had a six figure launch for sure. But how much did you spend on your Facebook ads? <laughs> like
1: 100%. Yeah. What are your overhead costs? And, and that kind of thing. And also, is that like sustainable? Like, um, so so yeah, I think it's just, you know, when you, when you look at Instagram, when you look at any form of social media is just really the understanding that it, that it is a highlight reel. And also that sometimes that highlight isn't, isn't actually real. So it's, it's really about just focusing on what you're doing and how you can kind of build the best community and, and stay true to what you do.
0: Yeah. And even doing that is hard because I, know, you and I both mm-hmm. are like really try to be real and authentic and, you know, talk about your struggles and even the people who are trying to showcase you know, the nitty gritty of life, mm-hmm. it still is a highlight reel too, right? Like that's the highlight yep. of the nitty gritty.
1: Yeah, totally. And I, I think it's like anytime, like if you're a content creator, you are, it's it's the difference between like an artist or someone who is a creative and a content creator. Someone who's an artist or a creative, that's what they do. They create whether they're sharing it with people or not, but a content creator is specifically creating something to share with other people, so even as authentic as you know you want to be, you still it's still with the mindset that you're going to be sharing it with somebody. So, I think mm-hmm. it will always kind of have that that layer of like not a curated authenticity, but you know you're still editing your words and all that kind of thing. So, um, no, I, I think, think you're right. Have, I think yeah. it is
0: a curated mm-hmm. authenticity is such a good description of it because it's like I could tell you I could be real and say I got in a fight with my husband last night and da 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 and like share a post about it but mm-hmm. I've come through it and I'm reflecting on it like I'm not sharing mm-hmm. it in the moment and I'm putting a spin on it because I'm, I'm I'm not dealing with it in that moment anymore right like you're you're still mm-hmm. Curating it. You're still putting it together. So uh, yeah. I think it's just, I don't know. You know, you're really real. I'm really real. But I think it's important even that people understand our our real isn't even as real as we want it to be, if that makes sense.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's exactly like you said, unless it's filmed real time and like a live, a live moment, then it's like it's it's a curated authenticity. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So a question for you about, let's talk about pivoting again. What is your advice for someone who's feeling just super uncomfortable? I know you talked about like, just do something, step forward, step backwards, but you know, what is that feeling? Because I think that, you know, people can sometimes confuse that, you know, you're sitting in the moment and you're feeling like, oh, I don't really like my job right now, but we all have our days where we're just not feeling mm-hmm. it. What is the difference between just having, you know, the ebbs and flows of life and needing a pivot? Like how do people know the difference? Hmm.
1: I think it's like for me, it's it's always been if it's something that's consistent. And if I have tried to make changes in the current state that I'm in, so let's say like, it's your job or whatever, like with this renegade love, I've been trying to I'm like, Okay, well, maybe if I try doing this thing different, or this thing different, and you try different uh, sort of formulas or different paths within what you're already doing, and it still just doesn't feel right then like it might be time for a pivot and it might be time to try something new. I also think with pivots, and I think it's like really important because a lot of the times people feel stuck where they are because it it feels comfortable. And because the idea of the unknown is like way too scary. And people also think that if they change what they're doing now and try something else, that it's forever. Like that's all, like my husband's kind of dealing with that right now where, you know, it's like, okay, my next step, like it, it better be, this has to be the thing I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And it's not the case at all. Making any sort of like move, you know, even if like the job that I have now it's, I love it, but like, you know, a couple years from now I might not. And then I make another pivot. So I think you have to kind of go into the mentality of, of pivoting out of what you're doing now is like, this next step might not be your forever it just might be the next step to something else amazing so I, I i think it's like not getting stuck in in like the the fear of pivoting really
0: mm-hmm. because things have changed you know you don't just have now we don't have jobs forever like mm-hmm. you know back in the day I think you know even my you know my dad and he's talking about like what are you gonna do when you grow up and it's like you're gonna this is going to be your career this is what you're gonna do and that's not how life is anymore like you have to ask yourself if you want to make a change okay well what If this doesn't work out, what will happen? Okay, then yeah. what will I do? Okay, I'll still be okay. Yeah, you know, like worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. It, like what, what do you have to lose if you're feeling uncomfortable and shitty in your life?
1: Yeah, at least you're moving. At least you're doing like something to get out of the shitty position that you're in. And it's so true because like I'm such a so different within my family because my, my parents, when they moved to Canada from Scotland, my dad worked at, at GM, like his whole life. My mom worked for the government and my sister and her husband are both teachers. So like, those are like jobs for life.
0: Those are careers.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like that's your set. Whereas I'm just kind of like, I've had like a million different jobs. I've worked, you know, like an editorial and I worked in PR and then I've done the blogging thing and now I'm doing, I'm a brand manager for a medical spa. So kind of just like hopping all over the place. But for me, that's exciting and, and it keeps things fresh. And also, again, I'm not scared. I'm not scared of making a change because I've done it before. And once you do it the first time, then you're like, oh, okay. The world didn't fall apart. I'm good.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and you get more confident in yourself, and that you have the ability to just to figure it out. And that's the thing. I think people forget how strong and resilient they are. Like, if something goes wrong in your life, you're going to figure it out. Like, everything is not just going to end. Like, you you've got this.
1: Yeah, it's like yeah, and and especially like even going through a breakup. I mean, when I went through that that split with my ex again, it was like nine years, and we owned a house together, and we had a dog, and all this kind of stuff. And afterwards, I remember I had you know a, a few people reach out and just be like, how did you like, how did you do that? And I just said, well, like I wasn't happy and it wasn't like, there was nothing wrong with the relationship. It wasn't toxic. We didn't have a big falling out, but it just wasn't what I saw for my life. And, and once I realized that I knew that I could either get out of the relationship or, I was going to be in a position where I was like really unhappy and maybe like probably get divorced down the road. So I think it's like just being honest with yourself. And once again, like once I was out of that relationship and I understood who I was as an individual and that I could stand on my own two feet, I knew that any relationship that I was going to be in going forward, um, that I would be fine if it ever fell apart as well. So.
0: Yeah. And your, and your husband's friend, is he Australian? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's
1: Australian, but he left Australia when he was like 23 or something and has kind of lived all over the world and lived in the UK for, for a while as well.
0: Well, yeah. And now you're married to that accent. Like you get <laughs> yeah. to hear that accent yeah. every day. I was like, I always love when he comes on your Insta stories. I'm like, I love his voice. <laughs> it's like, I love their views where they live and this voice. I'm like, it is, you know, dreamy. Hearing that voice all the
1: time now that he's at home all the time <laughs> um, <laughs> and working from home is a different story. The novelty <laughs> is very, very loud. Yeah, he has all the energy, and I like things to be quiet. So, yeah, um, but no, it's, it's great. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast again. Um, I just wanted to touch base about this shift because I think that you really are such an inspiration for people when it comes to following your gut and pivoting and staying true to yourself and speaking your mind, no matter what the outcome may be like you are, you know, I call myself a bullshit caller, but you are a true bullshit caller. And I, you're definitely <laughs> one of the favorite feeds to follow. Cause you never know what's going to come out. And it's always, you know, it's always makes me think. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to share this with my community and thank you so much for coming on again.
1: Thanks for having me on. I'm really um, happy that we got to chat about this as well, just because I also think there's like a stigma around going from being self-employed back to being employed. So anything, if anyone wants to chat about it, they can always reach out to me online.
0: Amazing. All right. And I will link your Instagram and all things this renegade love because you have such great information over there too. And again, thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, guys, if you like this podcast, please do me a little favor. Take a second and subscribe on iTunes and then screenshot this podcast. Give it a share on social media and tell your friends what you think. And hey, don't forget to tag me so that I can thank you for helping me spread the word. Thanks so much. And I will talk to you next week.